Hey, thanks for pushing play and inviting me to hang out with you for part of your day. Welcome to the Stronger Together podcast. I'm Risa Ganell, licensed clinical marriage and family therapist. I'm a wife, mom, or ema, as my daughter calls me, and stepmom. With 25 years of experience as a couples therapist, five marathons under my belt so far, and a passion for helping relationships thrive. Let's all get stronger together physically, emotionally, and in our most important relationships. Let's get to it. I laid in bed last night trying to think of what to call this episode. And of course, all the article titles I've seen on Medium or posts on Facebook pop into my head at two in the morning. And of course, the word hack entered my brain. The media lures us with ways to hack or short circuit or have a quick fix or a formula for having a better marriage, a more profitable business, a healthier body. While I'm no media specialist, and I don't believe there's any one thing that will make every relationship amazing, perhaps I got your attention with the title. I'm glad you're here, so let's dive into a concept that's extremely important for building emotional trust in your most important relationships. When my daughter was very young, starting at about age two, and throughout her childhood, her parents didn't live in the same house. She grew up spending time with her dad every other weekend and one day evening a week. Yet part of the arrangement we made was that her father would call her every day that she was not with him, and I would call her every day that I wasn't with her. Well, as kids are known to do, there were many times that she did not want to get on the phone with either one of us. And as the parent being away from our precious baby, wanting desperately to hear her voice and connect with her when it wasn't our day, was painful if she didn't want to talk. But forcing her to get on the phone didn't fit with supporting her own free will, her autonomy, and it just felt wrong. It was a dilemma, and one that's known to many parents trying to raise children through divorce. While this episode isn't about divorce or parenting through divorce, it is about being genuine, being protected and connected, and how emotional honesty plays a role in creating a genuine, authentic connection in marriage, friendships, and the importance of modeling this for our children so that they can create strong, healthy relationships in the future. You can't scroll through Facebook or Instagram these days without passing by at least one, but probably many, many more memes about being genuine or authentic. The buzzwords of late are authenticity and vulnerability, and I'm going to add into there emotional honesty because it's a key ingredient with being authentic and vulnerable. In my office, on a regular basis, I encounter one person saying to the other, I'll use a wife in this example, are you okay? You seem mad or sad or upset 
or put in whatever emotion they're keying in on. And the reply they get is, no, I'm fine. And then the wife turns to look at me and says, I know he's not okay. He gets like this, and I just know he's lying. Now, this often happens in front of me in the office, or one of them describes how she's always says she's fine, and I know she's not. Or I can just tell when he isn't happy and is mad at me, even if he doesn't say so. Heck, it's happened in my home, too. I have an extremely strong BS meter for detecting emotions. It's like my superpower. Well, except when it's not, because sometimes it can get in the way. And this is something that many, if not most, or all of us have encountered from both sides. Being the one to ask if the other is okay, or being the one to say, I'm fine, when we're really not fine. Now, many, many times, the response of I'm fine is given because the person doesn't want to upset anyone or deal with the issue or maybe isn't in tune with their own emotional world. But the other person is picking up on nonverbal cues, body language, and so on that indicates that something is off. In our therapy jargon, the word we use or the way to des- we describe this is the person is being incongruent and their spouse is picking up on it. What they're saying doesn't match how they're presenting to the world or to their partner. And to the receiver, it can feel like lying. Now, lying is often intentional. And the distinction here is that this is generally not conscious or with the intent to deceive yet it can have a similar impact on eroding trust. You've probably heard the term gaslighting by now because that's another buzzword that's everywhere of late. Gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation where the manipulator is trying to cause the other person to question their own reality or their memory or their perceptions. The term comes from the 1944 American psychological thriller film adapted from Patrick Hamilton's 1938 play called Gaslight, which was about a woman whose husband slowly manipulates her into believing that she's going insane. I've never seen the movie, but it's on my must-see-someday list. What I'm talking about today is not gaslighting in the conscious, manipulative sense, but again, the effect can be similar to the impact gaslighting has on eroding trust. We've all been in the position of not responding accurately when someone says to us, are you okay? You seem like you're not okay. And we say, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And we've all most likely been on the other end of asking someone and not getting a genuine answer. So what do we do about that? How do we change that dynamic? Because that dynamic erodes trust, erodes emotional trust. So I'm going to give you some key steps to change this dynamic. First, the first step is you really have to be aware of your own emotional world. Part of being in a healthy relationship is committing to insight, and personal growth. After all, knowing yourself is essential to living authentically. If you don't know yourself, how can you be 
or present or interact in an authentic way with other people. And if you don't have insight into your own behaviors, your own feelings, and understand where those feelings are coming from, your relationship will suffer. And most likely, your partner will try to take over this role that you have abdicated. And that's not good for anyone. An example of this would be when someone tells you how you're feeling, right? So let's say your partner said to you, I can tell you're mad. Don't tell me you're not. I can tell you're mad. Well, it's a boundary violation to to tell someone else what they feel. We talk a bit more about boundaries and boundary violations in the past episode, the one just before this one. So check it out for more information on that. All right, the next key step is to be genuine. Bring that awareness into being emotionally honest with your partner. If you're truly fine, say so and reassure her that she's misreading your cues. But only if this is genuine. Maybe you were distracted and it came across as sad. Or maybe you're tired and it comes across as withdrawn and upset. Be genuine. Know what's going on for yourself so that you can accurately tell the other person what's going on for you. All right. Now this third one. This is really key. I said before in our therapy jargon, it's about being congruent or when you say that you're fine when you're not fine, you're being incongruent. So we want you to be congruent. If you're feeling sad, angry, hurt, and so on, but don't feel like discussing it, set the boundary for yourself. Just because you feel something doesn't mean you're obligated to discuss it, even when someone notices your emotion. But at the same time, this is a both and, you don't want to push them away or be dishonest either. Be connected, but protected. This would mean saying something like, you know what, I am feeling kind of sad today, but I don't feel up to talking about it. Or, yeah, something really pissed me off, but I just can't discuss it right now. When I'm in a better spot, I'll tell you what's going on. Or, you know, I really don't want to upset you, and I'm struggling with how to share what's going on for me in a productive way. I promise to share it with you when I figure that out. These are examples of being congruent. You are acknowledging that the other person has picked up on something and instead of denying their reality you're acknowledging it and setting a boundary for yourself right denying their reality and saying you're fine when you're not fine is akin to gaslighting the example i use in my office to drive this home is connected to the story i shared at the beginning of this episode about my daughter Think about your children, because we want to model being emotionally honest with our children. They're sponges, right? Nothing gets past them. 
They pick up on the emotional temperature of a room very readily, even before they have words. So even our littlest toddlers, infants, pick on the, up on the emotional temperature of a room. So here's a thought experiment for you. Have you ever been crying over something and your child says, Mommy, what's wrong? Are you sad? And you reply with, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I, I just have something in my eye. Or, no, I'm okay. It's, it's okay. Look, I get it. Our instinct is to protect our kids, to shield them from pain or negative emotions and the reality of the difficulties in life. But inadvertently and out of good intentions, what this does is teach our kids to mistrust themselves. In a way, we can describe it as gaslighting with positive intentions. They learn to question their own reality and in turn to mistrust themselves. It erodes their self-esteem. I know, that's kind of hard to hear. Just sit with that for a second. We've most likely all done it in one way or another. Many adults have learned to do this from their own experiences with this as children when their parents did not respond accurately to them and confirm their reality. And they carry it into their marriages. They say, I'm fine when they're not fine. They bury their emotions because they learned that negative emotions are to be avoided and not expressed. And they end up being emotionally dishonest with themselves at times and with their spouses because they know no other way. And this is what we want to reverse. This is what we want to help you change so that you can be connected and protected. Like I said earlier, you don't always want to talk about what's going on for you. But when someone you care about picks up on your emotions, acknowledge it and find a way to set the boundary that you need. At some point, it clicked for me with my daughter. I didn't want to be the go-between telling my ex that his daughter didn't want to talk to him, right? Like if I had said it on the phone, she doesn't want to talk to you right now. I didn't want to upset him. And I wanted to honor my daughter's right to autonomy and help her stay connected to her father. That's a really tall order for any parent. Eventually, when my daughter said, I don't want to talk to daddy, I told her, that's okay. Just use your words and let him know that. And she'd take the phone from me with her adorable pudgy toddler hand and say, daddy, I don't feel like talking. Bye bye. And hand the phone back to me. I have to admit, I smile to this day when I think about it, because believe it or not, she does that to this day at age 20. Now, she doesn't have pudgy, cute little hands. She's adorable in other ways. Um, but she learned from doing that at a very young age to set an emotional boundary for herself when she doesn't feel like sharing something and I have picked up on an emotion that she um, is showing because remember I have that superpower and she can like not walk past me without me knowing pretty much what she's likely to be feeling she can set the boundary with me and say mom yeah but I don't feel like talking about it right now so I encourage you 
after listening to this, to think about how this connects for you. Let's all take a lesson from raising our kids and use our words, connect to emotional honesty, protect ourselves by maintaining a speaking boundary. Again, check out our last episode for more about that. And remain connected by being emotionally honest. With this shift, we'll all be one step or one hack closer to being stronger together. Thanks so much for listening. The Stronger Together podcast is brought to you by Together Couples Counseling, helping you communicate, trust, and reconnect with offices in Columbia, Maryland, and in Severna Park, Maryland. For more information, please visit our website at www.togethercouplescounseling.com. Thank you.